of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been offering news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Firekeepers Casino 400 this past weekend at Michigan International Speedway. Steve Mez, welcome back to the Team Blaney podcast, fresh off your trip up to Michigan for the Firekeepers Casino 400. And uh, are you still, are you dry yet? I'm not sure. I heard you got a little bit damp over the weekend. It rained a little bit there um, at the wrong time. We could start off with, uh, you know, move up the start time. And then that was going to look like it was going to work and and at least give them an hour's worth of racing. And then uh, it was one of those shower thunderstorm things where it popped up. It wasn't like it moved in and was blowing this way. No, it popped up. And then when it popped up, it poured pretty good. But then when it got out of there, uh, the sun actually came out and uh got everything going so hey you know we got the whole race in and we got the day in which was was nice it was a bus trip we took a company bus trip up there with the guys from work uh so uh, it was a little bit different Uh, i was cheating on my wife this weekend Uh, (laughs) went went to the race with uh with the guys um but uh got to educate some of them it was kind of cool um they we haven't done a bus trip like that at work for probably about almost 10 years so you know and how i don't long, know if you see uh, the bu- oh go ahead i was go gonna say on. how long has it been since you've been to michigan i know i mean that's i mean i'm from that area but i am uh, from yeah. that area where you're at in ohio so that's probably our closest track right so how long has it been? yeah it's three and a half four hours uh, depending on traffic but um i think uh i want to say two or three years since we, we tried to go um i think we tried to go the year before the pandemic and it was a rain, rain, yeah, rain or something where, yeah. yeah. So, and that made it tough on us because we can do the trip in one day. It's not, not a big deal. Like I said, three and a half, four hours each direction, but, um, it, uh, yeah, if the weather gets dodgy, you know, I was surprised that the, that the crew wanted to, was able to stick around when we were able to stick around until we did. Um, we had no problem getting out of the track as compared to other people. Um, <laughs> I heard some of those there, stories. <laughs> I heard some of them stories. I'm like, well, you guys were in a big vehicle though. So you're good to go. You right. Fun. And when, when he nudged up to get into traffic, everybody backed up, you know? So <clears throat> we had no problem getting out of there. Um, actually it took a little longer cause they had to do a bus driver change. It was too many hours, I guess, uh, because of the length of the day, but, even at that, it was only an hour from home when we did that. So, um, yeah, overall, the experience for you traveling with those guys and everything was great. Because say we, like I said, it was a company outing. We had a a, a double wide uh, pop up tent, uh, one of those longer longer ones, um, and we literally brought the grill from work and just grilled out and cornhole boards and all the fun stuff that you do out there at the track. And then I made it into uh, to uh, the uh, the tweet up, um, which is actually outside in the, in the fan zone area, just all the way straight away from the start finish line, actually. 
so I got to see Bob and then uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. showed up for that. That was you really are, cool. You are not good luck for him. Uh, no, but okay. <laughs> he did not have a good race. He did not have a good day, but that wasn't on me. That wasn't my fault. But um, <clears throat> yeah, overall, you know, good day with even though the weather kind of delayed it for a little bit. So yeah, I'm really glad the race got in. I was nervous. I mean, I'm, you know, sitting here on my phone all the way in Florida watching the radar up there in Brooklyn, Michigan. And just, I'm like, there's no way, there's no chance. I looked at it. I mean, it, the, the pre-race was on and I think it was, you know, or uh, the, I think it was the 1230 Fox show that they do. And they were showing scenes from the track and everything looked fine. And I'm looking at the radar and I'm like, oh man, there's a big storm coming. And I think I sent a message to you like, hey, did you bring any, any rain gear? And uh, soon as the or as the uh, NBC or USA coverage came on with Dale Jr., it just the, looked like the skies opened up. And I'm like, well, it's, we're going to be here for a couple hours. Uh, but yeah, good thing they got it in. Uh, plenty to talk about. I think we could talk about it, maybe save our thoughts and everything toward the end. Other than mm-hmm. uh, the racing itself, if we just want to talk about a racing product at the track, I think just another example of the next-gen car. While it has had its struggles at short tracks, and we might see that this week again coming up at Richmond, uh, but on the intermediate tracks and these two-mile tracks, the, the the racing has been pretty exciting at times. Um, still the same thing drivers will say, and they've said it in every single race, no matter the size of track, it's still difficult to pass. But yeah. you had guys like Ty Gibbs that had penalties, Hamlin, um, uh, Chastain, who qual- did not qualify well. If you had a good car and a good setup, you could pass. And a lot of those guys went from the back to the front and uh, made the race overall pretty exciting. Uh, but I know we're here to talk about Ryan Blaney's race. And why don't we jump into that uh, recap again of Ryan Blaney's run in the Firekeepers Casino 400 from this past weekend at Michigan International Speedway. Yeah. Okay. So um, Saturday's practice, um, they go out, only ran like three laps, brought it back in did something, went back out a second time. Somewhere in there, they got five or six laps in, but um, they came in a second time. And this time they showed on TV, there were guys crawling around underneath the uh, right rear, took the tire off and they were swapping something out under that right rear. That's when um, I knew, I'm like, that's not a good sign. <laughs> Sometimes they can come out of this and then have a ton of speed, but yeah. I'm like, oh man, they're trying. And people have to understand, there's not a lot of changes that you can make within that mm-hmm. session in general. But even at the track, you, you mean, they do a lot of simulation work at the shop. Uh, the way they set the whole car up, there's not many adjustments outside of air pressure and a few things they can do with the springs, which they're probably messing with some, I don't even know, making stuff up with spacers and things in the back and, and the ride heights and, and that kind of a thing. So not much that they can do, but not a good sign when they got both the rear tires off and, and yeah. you know, the, the Penske crews under, under the car. Now, uh, they, you know, whatever seemed to work somewhat because they climbed the board there at that point and ended up eighth quick. So I thought, okay, well, they, they, they knew they had to change something. They made the changes. Um, what you'll notice during these last couple of weeks of any time they haven't had speed, Jonathan's found a way to help find a little bit. And then also, you know, strategy, which comes into play later, but uh, they do go out for qualifying and, they end up 24th. And one of the interesting things is, I don't know if it was during the lap or just after the lap, Jonathan asked for a balance update. So I've never heard him do that during qualifying. <laughs> so first off, it's very strange to hear it. Um, like I said, I'm watching on TV and then I have the app on my, you know, I'm watching not on, 
at the app basically and i'm listening and timing wise they're a little bit different so i'm not sure if it happened during the lap or just after the lap but he asks him for the balance update and all ryan says is tight 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 yeah and, uh, and so you know that from that point forward you know they're gonna have a discussion and um <laughs> we got to sunday and i i did make the the tweet up and bob you know steps in there and i'm standing right in the front and i asked him have we heard anything about unapproved adjustments yet <laughs> which i was expecting i was totally expecting you know they qualify if you mentioned it you know they qualify 24th and and it's just like all right you know they're already in the back there there's not that many cars that they would start behind if they did make adjustments and if they even if they did they would get past them pretty quickly so i was looking for something but yeah. I guess, you know, maybe Ryan and, and Josh or Jonathan talked about it and, yeah. and uh, they decided, oh, we'll just make some adjustments throughout the race. Throughout the race. So, uh, you know, it's funny, though, is, is I asked that question because I had said something, I think, in the Discord chat that 24th, 37th, you know, the cars that are between him and that back end, he can pass all those cars even on a bad with a bad car. But um, getting from 24th up. You know, maybe he needed that adjustment, whatever it is. So, you know, I asked that question. It was 1120. The garage really hadn't technically opened yet. So that's what Bob told me. He says he wouldn't know of anything. And he says, you know what, some of these, th sometimes some of these things are, um, are approved too, depending on what it is. So he says, even at that, they, they may, may have been allowed to do something, and, you know, and we don't even know about it. Um, he says it's a little more stringent um, Xfinity and trucks on touching things, but at the cup level there, if there's some things they think that are an issue that might be a safety issue or something like that, they'll definitely let them change it without penalizing them for it. So if they could say, Hey, this, we didn't put this back on right yesterday and we need to go back in and fix it. And you know, they might let them do that. But at that point, like I said, Bob answered the question, but there was you know nothing that ended up happening. Um, you know, at that point we do find out that the start time got moved up to three o'clock and, um, you know, I get up to my, uh, I, Oh, I did go down to pit road. Um, I wanted to point out that I did go down to pit road and, uh, did get a chance to meet up with, uh, with, uh, uh Justin, uh, our, our hauler driver, um, that we interviewed last year. Um, it was really kind of cool. He found me, which was really nice. Um, and, uh, got to talk about a couple of these things and, 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 you know, what the plans were, you know, and once again, the plans are always to just try to win the race first and foremost. So, um, you know, if they what get if, stage points, they get them, but what about know. Justin? I mean, we talked about it before. Um, you know, we've had the opportunity, you know, to have some Blaney family members on here and obviously Josh Williams and, and some other people connected to the team. And one of the, you mentioned it, you know, we interviewed Justin last year, uh, one of the two hauler drivers for the 12 crew, and he gave some really cool insight into what that job is like. So, uh, yeah. hopefully if anyone can look back through our archives and listen to that, but you know, he's probably one of the coolest people we've met from the yeah. team and it, it's really just nice you know when you to see a familiar face when you're at the track and recognize somebody. and then you, you know you get to know like that he's not just the hauler driver you know when they get there there's stuff that they do um ryan now has his youtube channel up and running and uh, ryan's got these little clips uh, on the youtube channel and if you go to them um there's one of their uh, one on there justin uh pulling one of those carts uh um, yeah with the pit box cart pit box uh type carts out to pit road at indianapolis so um that's kind of cool like i said he's he's uh he's a cool dude and i'm glad um, we're getting to know him and 
you know, he's one of the reasons why that they're always successful every weekend, you know. Yeah. Cool guy, even though he's a Miami Dolphins fan, but we don't hold that against him. So Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be he'll be you'll be you'll be slipping into your DMs this week. <laughs> um so we got uh the rain delay and uh the track drying, uh the sun comes out while while they're doing the track drying, so it actually speeds things up pretty good. Radar clears out, so it looks like there's gonna be a good window. Um, we got stages of 45, 120, and then 200, uh, seven sets of tires to start the race. Um, like I said, Ryan, once again, starts off in uh, 24th. Um, the green flag is about 430. Uh, Bubba, we did mention, we forgot to mention, Bubba did get the pole. Um, his laps uh, for the pole were incredible. Yeah, did not- Toyota as a whole, like, and we'll talk wow. about this in fantasy too. They were blowing the whole field away. Yeah, his uh, his uh, made, you know he made the top ten as the as he was the top guy going into the, the top ten, and then during that that final lap for the qualifying, he nailed three and four better than anybody did in that whole thing, and then uh, was on it the whole time, gained on it and three and four. I think he, he won it by over a tenth of a second, which just totally blew away uh, you know second uh, with uh, Christopher Bell there. So. And once again, you know, like you said, another Toyota. So we get the green flag and uh, Ryan uh, gets it up to about 22nd there. And, you know, it does level off after two or three laps and you kind of get around and, and um, you know, some of the things that happen is you're following a guy into the turns and he picks one lane and you pick the other, basically you want to get out of his dirty air. So you'll you know, a lot of us, we were near the start finish line. So we could see everything going into one or two, everything coming out of three and four. And we literally saw that all day long. We saw guys, uh, maybe they tried to put two, two tires up in the risen and um, the other guy would go low toward, toward the, the bottom and try to get away from them. And, uh, you know, you had to get a really good run either on the front stretch or back stretch to get underneath them. And then it was a side drafting issue. If you could side draft them well enough, maybe you can make that pass. So um, they do have competition caution at lap 20 because of the rain, which was a good idea. Um, and this is where things start going a little wonky because we start getting these uh, guys staying out versus guys pitting. Um and I want to say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, about 14 or 15 guys stay out. Uh, some of the names of guys that stayed out, Josh Balicki, JJ Yaley, BJ McLeod, Austin Hill, Cody Ware. Um, so there's some cars that end up in the top 10 that aren't normally there. And I turned to my, one of my cohorts in the stands and I literally pointed out that the 15 car was up near the front. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ryan Pitts here takes four tires and fuel because they're going to try to adjust it. You know, they might've made an air pressure. I don't know what, but, um, and yeah, I pointed that out to him, you know, and the reason was, is because of what happens next. <laughs> so they restart at like lap 24 and, uh, Bell's leading the field to the green from the outside, Eric Jones in the middle, Michael McDowell, JJ Yaley make contact. Now what, Yaley was, it was just like a boat anchor going into one and two, yeah. right in the middle, right in the middle of the field, people trying to go left of them, people trying to go right of them. And, and this I'm is sure. just a bad strategy. People know JJ Yaley. He's not a bad race car driver. He's no. an incredible driver of dirt tracks. He's been in the NASCAR's, you know, NASCAR's top three series for a couple of decades now, I think. And it's just that his team put him in a bad position. 
and he's an underpowered car and there's just no way he's going to be able to keep up in that situation and those restarts you know are pretty traffic heavy uh, if you come in and pit there are only about 20 um 20 laps left in the stage you know so if you come in and pit and you start near the back but you've got the fresh equipment you're going to be where you were you're not going to lose the lead lap so you know, I can see a strategy where there's two or three laps to go. You might a lot thinking you're going to have a problem, whatever. But this was halfway through the stage. You weren't going to lose the lead lap. Just come in and get the tires. Yeah. And he literally piles it up. Um, the nine, nine cars were involved. Austin Sindrick, Amarola, Yaley, Kyle Busch, Harrison Burton, Michael McDowell, Todd Gillen, Ty Gibbs, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um you know, yeah. a couple of, I mean, uh, Cendric luckily to walk away, Kyle Bush's day ends up being done. Um, Burton drives away. Um, Ty Gibbs drives away and, you know, you know, we see more from him later. But. Yeah. A lot of good cars. And I mean, outside of, uh, Wallace, I mean, uh, Kyle Bush had one of the fastest cars of the weekend too. And, you know, he's going yeah. through a lot right now too. Just can't even imagine the frustration, uh, especially with what the incident was and uh, for him to basically just, yeah, unfortunate for the 18, but yeah. We so, so yeah, Ryan ends up um, uh, P20 after all that, you know, cause he was back near the back cause he did go ahead and pit. Um, so we get a restart lap 33 here, uh, bell leading the field. And uh, let's see uh, the next, next big thing is the end of the stage. Basically Christopher bell wins. Uh, where are we at here? 46 47 48 yeah christopher Rowe wins the stage um ryan's up to six, uh, 16th and um they come in at this point and get fuel only and um this is an interesting call because for the most part tire wear was not big and i think that's part of the problem with the racing uh, that, that the drivers are complaining about is they want tire wear within a tire within a run of 30 to 40 laps where there's a three second two to three second loss of time and it was less than a second during that time period so you know guys who are good at saving their equipment and so forth it, you know that's those are the ones complaining you know because they are good at it and they want to be able to use that to their advantage so um so by doing fuel only and everything they, they come back out and uh, ryan is actually uh p3 for the restart um now ryan's issues like i said don't necessarily have to do with tire wear <laughs> no no you, i mean you're mentioning it here about how uh yeah. tire wear is not a big deal but we're going to yeah. see what happens over the next few laps here and it's yeah. it's all handling yeah so lap 52 the ty gibbs leads the field of the green uh with uh, chastain at the front row ryan is third and core the joys in fourth there on the outside uh chastain takes the lead but in the next 15 laps ryan goes from third to 14th and he, he used the term uh, uh roadblock i think in there at some point and like i said it had nothing to do with tire wear and not taking tires on that pit stop or anything like that it, it was really just the handling of the car was so bad and dirty air and he just couldn't get uh get it to turn the way he wanted it to turn real tight 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 the whole time yeah um, I mean, on the plus side here, he basically ends up falling back to where he was running. He was running in 16th, I think, when they made the pit stop. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe it would have been better to get an adjustment then and not have to wait till the next time. But it is kind of a wash, I think, overall. But it, I mentioned it, I think, in our Discord chat, you know, I thought it was worth a shot just to see what happens. You know, they did it at the road course yeah. at Indy and it turned out to be the call of the day. 
uh, early right. on to, to so, stay out of those tires. So I thought it was worth a shot. We do. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a lap or two later, like Kyle Larson went from second to fifth in like one lap. So, you know, um, we get uh, Denny Hamlin actually takes the lead to lap 80. <clears throat> Once again, the Toyotas are up front. Christopher Bell is the one who pushed him there. They took him right around Chastain, you know. Um, then we start to some green flag pitting here, like lap 82 or so. Um, they take four tires and fuel. Um, <clears throat> let's see here basically kind of sorts out and um we get to lap uh 98 oh the car catches fire yeah so <laughs> wow just right out of three and four uh the front uh, was it front left tire i think it was right on cole custer's car just in flames uh, got down to pit road got that thing you know put out but um wow is that crazy scene um we've seen some fires this year that just out of nowhere like yeah and i think last week they had thought it had something to do with the foam inside the doors and actually i think they found that it was the carbon fiber that's on fire and i mean the bottoms of these cars it's very expensive piece too it's just this flat bottom that's totally carbon fiber and then uh even the the material that the body is made out of as well i think it's partially that too so we are seeing yeah when when some of these, you know, there's some brake issues or some other things, or there's a lot of friction that's caused when the tire goes down. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking, uh, God, come on, Cole, you know, you know, you know, Busher sat in his car while it was on fire last week, but I think Busher yeah. had a much better car. I don't think Cole Custer had, had that great of a car. So and I'm not yeah. going to fault anybody. I think that, yeah. I think that was left front too. So that's a lot closer to the driver. I think Busher's yeah. issue was on the opposite side of the car, yeah, uh, but yeah. scary. I mean, this is third car and Logano after the road course race hopped out of his car, it was on fire as well. Um, mm -hmm. but I think it's another thing that NASCAR, they have to look at it. I mean, this is a usual thing i mean the good the good news is it's not the foam which i believe the foam that's inside the doors is there and it's not supposed to be uh flammable yeah. um, so now they just have to see is, is this just a you know a coincidence that there's like this rash of them right in a row or is this a, really a problem that they need to address with you know some like heat shield or or something else that they can add to make sure this doesn't happen in the future, but it's definitely scary. And I mean, we've seen, I mean, we, we've seen Ryan go up in flames, but that was more of an engine just completely going. I think that yeah, was Charlotte yeah. or something Charlotte, that was, yeah, yeah. a few years ago. So 600 scary, scary yeah. stuff. Anytime, especially these cars too, it's tight to get in and out of an next gen car too. And I know those guys practice getting in and out, uh, but you never want to see that. And luckily Cole was okay. Busher was okay. Logano was okay. when this has happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Since they went through green flag pitting there for the most part, um, Ryan's 20th and they stay out, uh, during this caution. Um, and actually what it was is they had to take a wave around. So that's why they stay out there. It was, um, they were a lap down their car lap down, but, uh, Gibbs, Bowman, Ryan, Logano, Chase, Chastain, LaJoy, Haley, all wave around to the lead lap. Um, at lap 106, Denny leads the field of the green. Um, uh, that's when Tyler Reddick pulls off the track. He has some sort of issue, smell the smoke. Um, at lap 109, Noah Gregson spins from 12th after he breaks a uh, toe link and hits the wall, bringing out the caution. Um, Unfortunate for that team because Noah was running strong pretty much all day long, which is a little bit of a surprise. 16s run well at road courses with 
uh, Almondinger behind the wheel, but this was kind of the first time that Gregson was really running up front in that car. So unfortunate, but I think it was, yeah, he kind of lost it out of a turn, hit the wall. And then uh, those toe links are a lot stronger than they were early in the season. Uh, but if you still, if you slam the wall as hard as he did, it's going to break. Yeah. Now they, um, they go ahead and pit here. And part of the thing is they were like 20th to begin with. And there was only, I think, 30 cars on the lead lap at this point. So they decide to pick a big swing at it. And when I say big swing, they take the front right tire off and somebody crawls up in there and they're doing something there. So they made, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if it's a shock adjustment spring, put, you know, putting some spacers in there or something like that, but they go ahead and take a big swing at it there and literally only lose like three or four spots. Um, they come out uh, 23rd for the restart here. Denny at lap 114 leads the field to green uh, with Kad Keselowski up, the, up there uh, on, on a good strategy. Um, at lap 121, Denny wins the stage. Now, I haven't mo- mentioned Brian has not gotten stage points in either stage here. Um, but, uh, you know. Which is unfortunate. Uh, though he's, you know, going into this race, he was second in points. The gap between he and Truex was already closing. And Truex did get points in the first stage, but not the second stage. So uh, every point at this point in the season is really, really important in the position that they're in. And unfortunately, just with the way they put, they have loaded, they're, you know, they're off a little bit here. Just stage points work in the cards. And um, there wasn't a ton of optimism, I would say, uh, among the fan base at this point in the race. But the, the way this 12 team tends to operate, and I think it's only, you know, once this year, maybe the, the New Hampshire race where they never really were able to rebound. Uh, but I'm like, you know what this team does? They'll have they'll have races like this and they can still turn around and end up in, in the top 10 or top five. And that's kind of what we were hoping for. And uh, we'll see. Yeah. So um, they uh, stay out at this break and uh, end up 10th for the restart. Um. And oh, and this is where <laughs> let's see, Austin Austin Hill has people over the wall too soon. Larson was speeding on pit road, so one or two guys take themselves kind of like not out of contention per se, but put themselves in the back. And you know, unless you're really really good, coming from the back to the front is not easy. Um. So at uh, lap one twenty seven, Suarez is, is actually leading at this point. Takes the field of the green from the outside. Christopher Bell once again on the inside. Logano got himself up there. He's third. Austin Dillon fourth and um, you know, we pretty, pretty much run, you know, in that range, like 10th, 12th, 13th, right around there the whole time. Um, And they get to uh, lap 158 Harvick pits from fourth. So he was up there. He had enough speed to be up there. And when he pits um, he does not lose the lead lap. So he does a really good job there. Um, and Ryan is pitting right uh, two laps later for four tires and fuel. They, they nailed the pit stop. Good too. I'm not sure where it was on Twitter, but somebody posted video of, uh, of Ryan Flores doing the front change. And uh, I mean, talk about fast, accurate and on the money. Really, uh, really good stop. Really good stop. Um, and then, you know, at during this time period is when Christopher Bell gets into the wall with the whole deal with uh, Ross Chastain fighting for, um, the same pace of real estate on the front stretch. And uh, let's talk about that for a second, because it didn't, yeah. really, you know, I was texting you during the race and I said, you know, that's all bell there. 
which it was. Bell turned himself off of Chastain's nose. Uh, the one thing you know, I, I'm watching, you know, a few things since then, and you know, watching some of the, the shows this week, and somebody, I think Jamie McMurray, McMurray today mentioned, you know, uh, you know, Chastain was being aggressive like he usually was, but it actually, you know, hurts him the most here because they had made their their pit stops, and then they're the ones that essentially caused the caution there, even though he did try to move up. He didn't, he didn't attempt to wreck bell, but did he need to be that aggressive and go around, try to go around the outside on front stretch, you mm-hmm. know, right then and there, probably not the best time to do it. And it actually hurts him and it hurts his teammate uh, yeah. because they end up going, I think they end up you know, having to take a wave around or they had to go back to the, the end of the lap. And, you know, they were actually two, two of the strong cars of the day. They had just been up front for the last, you know, 20 or so laps and Chastain led early in the race, even after starting in the back. So um, while it's not maybe comparable to some of the other stuff, the one's been involved in this year, uh, it still was a result of aggressive driving, even if he didn't physically turn the 20 himself. So, and it was a bad spot for the spotters uh, coming out of the turn where they were. It's kind of a blind spot there. And uh, even the 20 car probably wasn't being, wasn't able to really see what was going on outside of them. So, Unfortunate for them, this turns out to be, you know, the, a pivotal point in the race for the four car. And even, honestly, even for the 12 team here, since for they the had already made team, stops. Yeah, the 12 team was still lead lapping too. So um, everybody else at lap 161 comes in and pits, but this puts guys like, like Harvick and, and Ryan and pushes them up, up to the front, Joey. Um, you know, so Ryan's actually sixth, I think, on this restart, lap 166. Harvick, Bubba Wallace, Bowman, Larson, you know um all up there and uh harvick holds the lead larson you know, larson's battling with bubba watson uh, bubba wallace for second there and um larson kind of falls out of like he falls like a rock after a lap or two out of that whole area so i don't know what happened with his adjustments but ryan um races up to to fifth um, goes back to six. I think at one point gets passed by the, the 19. Then he actually passes the 19 back within these, these couple laps. Um, the Larson and, deal, I'm pretty sure he was battling pretty hard with somebody and he had to check up. And yeah. when that checked up, everybody just bypassed him. So he had to regroup back there. But, um, this is a point when, you know, Ryan actually is holding his own. I was nervous because of what mm-hmm. happened when he was up front earlier. I'm like, is he just going to fall like a rock? But then you finally realize they've, finally hit on something here, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. Hopefully they put that in the notebook for next year. Uh, they finally hit up hit on the setup. That's going to give them top five speed and I'll be darned. They yeah. stay up there. It, it, you know what it did and it didn't. Um, I watch, I, I have my timing and scoring on the app and I'm watching it. Mind you, it takes, you know, at the track, it's bouncing off satellites. It takes you a good 10 seconds, 15 seconds to update or whatnot. Um, lap times. He was still slower than the guys in front of him and some of the guys behind him. What he did is drove that car as if he was Joey Logano. Uh, he's learned good lessons from his teammate because he made that car pretty wide. And once again, same thing about if you're racing behind the guy and he goes one way, you go another way. Well, Ryan was picking the right lane and the other guy couldn't gain on him or Ryan went two tires up into the horizon and uh, he got a good, good launch onto the back stretch, you know? So, um, I have to imagine that Josh had a lot to do with that too. I mean, he did that last year too, when he's talking to kind of painting a picture for him as to where the guy behind him is running. Yeah. It was a little little bit different because last year was the pack racing. It was a little bit different type of racing where if two or three guys got together, they get to you. 
Um, but you know what? We don't, I don't think we give Ryan or talk about it enough with Ryan and, and his craft, but, um, you know, the week, week before Jonathan puts him in a situation with no tires, no tires. And, and he was still nailing the restarts. He was still getting in a position where he needed to be to run, run the top five. And, and this situation's the same thing. You know, strategy worked out just right. The caution came at the right time. He's up there and it's go time. And man, can he drive? because he did, he put the car up there and he battled with the guys he needed to battle with held the position as long as he could. And, 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 and finished, you know, he finished P five. I mean, Kevin Harvick, uh, you know, we get to lap, uh, 200 there and Harvick had stretched it out to a four or five second lead on everybody else. Huge. And Harvick, uh, Harvick wins the race, but Ryan finishes fifth and he really ran well to do that. Sorry, Steve, I had to do it. You yeah, just no. mentioned it. Yeah, Great for won. Ford. Kevin Harvick yeah. wins the race. Have you ever felt, I mean, it was, so, it was so tough. You saw the way the 12 team battled all day long. You just saw, you know, you're just mentioning it. The way Ryan kind of manda handles this car, makes it as wide as possible. You know, him and Truex actually swap positions over the last mm -hmm. two laps. And yeah. Ryan somehow battles back and gets gets back to the top five, you know, gaining at least that one more position in front of Truex here. Uh, but man, uh, we are in nearly in worst case scenario mode right now. And, and we are talking about the driver that is second in the overall point standings of the NASCAR cup series, yeah. second in the overall standings, but only, but holds the final position right now in the playoff standings. Yeah, can we, and you know, this is like almost, or not at, I wouldn't call it nightmare scenario yet, but we are on the doorstep of this being a nightmare scenario, all because Harvick, who had it won all year, takes up mm -hmm. uh, second to last spot there in the playoffs with that victory. And we are pretty much, and I can't even say we're, we're in a win or you're, or you're in playoff uh, uh, system anymore because mm -hmm. where there's still three races left and there's only one spot left for the playoffs. So there could be three new winners over the next three weeks and two guys are going to be on the outside looking in with victories. And man, did you, uh, did you ever see something like this happening? I know we've come close. We've come, you know, we've gotten 15 plus winners or something by the end of the season before in the last you know decade, but not before the playoffs have even started. And unfortunately it's like, man, the 12 team is, is so consistent. I know they had, I mean, they had a little bit of struggles earlier, you know, earlier in July and some, some not so great finishes, but overall this year, so consistent running top five, top 10, getting stage points, doing everything right. Second in points. And here we are, you know, Truex is now out of the championship uh, or out of, out of the playoff standings here. Ryan's the last car in, but what 19 points, 19 points yeah. separates the yeah. two of them. Yeah, let me pull off the board. Out. Let's see. So, so we've been talking, we've been teasing this this uh, playoff standings board, and Steve's brought it up once or twice. Um, but I asked him to bring it back on the show again, maybe to kind of go through some scenarios here, or just have a little bit of fun pointing it out because we do need a little bit of levity somehow because um, it's a little bit of a scary situation that we're in. So uh, I don't know what to call it. Uh, it's your your playoff standings board of wonder yeah. or something. But let's yeah. let's go through that. It's interesting, you know, the, the, once again, you know, the end of the race and they show you, the first thing they show you is the um, who's in, who's out, you know, and um, now it's even more dramatic because 
you know, you've got the guys with the four wins, the two wins, the one win. And like, if they have stage points and then, you know, the extra playoff point that they get, and then you get down to the guy on the cut line and that's the cut line. It's Ryan. Ryan is the only guy now without a win and running second in points, 19 points ahead of uh, Truex. So now the next three weeks are going to be, you know, Richmond, Watkins Glen, Daytona, you know, stage points, stage wins, you know, can you stay in front of him? And in the meantime, will there be any new winners as you're doing that? Um, and it's interesting is the overall regular standings, second in the standings, I mean, really running well. And, you know, Truex is fourth in the standings. So, you know, if Ryan makes it and Truex doesn't in any way, shape or form, Truex has a beef, you know, how can you be fourth in the standings? Ryan doesn't make it, same thing. How can you be second in the standings? You know, that's going to start a little controversy, but these are the rules. Everybody signed up for them. You know, um, what's really interesting is, once again, we always talk about this, and that's the third set down here. The third set is where they line up if the playoffs start today. Okay, so Ryan would be in. Ryan finishes second in the standings. Ryan has five stage wins this year, so he gets points for all that. Ryan would be fourth overall to start the playoffs. He'd Just be able to go that first. Yeah, he'd be in the first round and maybe even the second round of the playoffs without any problems all the way down to the final eight, you know, just to, because each round they reset and so forth and he'd have all those points and then any other stage points and stuff he gets during those rounds, you know, or, or you know, whatnot. So, I mean, everything is set up for a really good run in the playoffs, but getting there right now, is really scary. And then we talked earlier before we got on the podcast here about what happens to a guy like, um, where's that? Kurt Busch. Okay. Right now, let's say two new winners happen between now and the playoffs and you have 17 new winners. Well, if that happens and you have 17 winners, they go to the, the guy who's the lowest winner in points. Well, Kurt hasn't raced the last couple of weeks because of his concussion. Yep. He's so point wise, he's dropped down to a point where he would be that lowest guy. And all of a sudden he's just bumped out of the playoffs and, um, you know, it's no fault of his own, you know, physically he really needed to do what is best for him, but, you know, 16 winners, you know, and, if it's not Ryan, that's crazy too, you know, because now you've bumped the guy who's number two in the in the actual standings. And during the playoffs, it, it would be really crazy because he'd probably win a win a race or two in the playoffs. He probably, yep. you know, would be doing these points things like where we'd look at, well, if he was in, what would have happened to him? Oh and, man, know, I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, if he, you know, if he does miss it, yes, I would love for the 12 team to go out and win as many races as possible. Uh, but man, that's gonna be gut-wrenching. <laughs> What's, what's good about it is the attitude is a good attitude. Um, you saw that they, you know, he got out of the car, did not throw fit. You know, you know, he's got a good attitude. The team seems to have a good attitude. They're definitely going to be racing in and around the 19 the next three weeks, I'm sure, looking for points to make sure that they keep the, the uh, 19 at bay. Um, Speed-wise, they seem to be running around the 19 a lot um, these last couple of weeks. So, you know. Uh, but uh, we'll, you know, this board, we'll get back to this board every week uh, and we'll update it, but hopefully we're going to update it with a change here next week, put them up in here where he belongs 
And, uh, you know, actually, you know, this one, it would move him to like here, but then this one here, if he were to win, it'd move him right, right uh, up to Mr. Chastain there. You know, he'd be right behind him uh, or right with him if he were to win a race. So, you know, hopefully uh, this board will get an update and uh, maybe I'll make the numbers bigger or something. I'll work on some things. We'll make it look even bigger and brighter and better somehow. But uh, so it's, it's worth it's worth noting that if you are only listening to the audio version of this podcast, you will yeah. only get these amazing and wonderful graphics and, and, yeah. and visual presentations. If you watch the video version of the Team Blaney podcast, uh, we get it up there on YouTube most of the time, but it's definitely on Facebook, which uh, seems to be. Uh, kind of the biggest place for us to get views on that. So uh, keep keep watch of the Team Blaney social channels and uh, uh, especially on the Facebook, and we'll pop it on their Facebook video. Uh, that's the only place where you can see these these amazing Team Mez, Team Blaney visuals uh, with this playoff board of, of wonder. You brought up next week, and why don't we we jump into that? Let's talk about yeah. uh, what what by next week we mean this week. What's coming up this weekend? The Federated Auto Parts 400 this Sunday, August 14th at Richmond Raceway. You can catch the race at 3 p.m. Eastern time, still on the USA TV network and on the radio with MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR radio. Uh, Richmond, it used to be one of those places that we dreaded to go to as Blaney fans. But if we take a look at Ryan's last three starts there at this uh, kind of the, one of the longer short tracks on the, on the schedule, if that makes any sense. Last three starts at Richmond, 11th, 10th, and 7th. And that 7th place finish earlier this year, the 12 team also started on the pole for that race. Uh, and, the, and, and, one, and one stage one. Yes. Two. So, so hopefully that they, they, will, they will unload with the same speed that they had earlier this season. Hopefully. Uh, we talked about that battle that Ryan is in with Truex right now just for that last points position in the playoff standings. The downside is, is Truex historically has been really, really good at Richmond. Uh, so that's something to, to look out for. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned it briefly about how the next gen cars have been run, running really well on the intermediate tracks and the bigger tracks and even on uh, places like Daytona, Talladega. Been struggling a little bit on the short tracks. And here we go back to a place that used to be a playoff cutoff race used to bring a lot of excitement. Hasn't really brought a ton of excitement over the last couple of years. One word downshift. Yeah, man. Uh, we haven't even talked about, I mean, they're supposed to shift to Indy like they were, we didn't have to worry about shifting this last week at Michigan or hearing about it. That's the other thing, man. You brought it back. The other reason why I kind of dread short tracks right now, you shouldn't be dreading short tracks. That should be the bread and butter and the most exciting racing in NASCAR. But I hate <laughs> this gear ratio that these Cup Series teams have to deal with and the fact that they are worried about shifting on a short track where they should be more worried about excitement and close racing and strategy. And, and this race last time actually was turned into a strategy fuel mileage type yes. race. And yeah, man, yeah. you don't want to see that either at a short track. No. So, you know, be the, be a, uh, unload quick and get your track position and hopefully be near the front the whole day. And, uh, you know, like I said, he ran really well in the spring. So just hopefully that's all we see. Um, attack every weekend now, the next three weeks, like it's, it's a, a new opportunity, a new chance. It seems like that's the way they're, they're, they're going at it. They've got a good attitude. Uh, you know, like I said, Brian's post race right off the bat was like, here we go. Let's do this. You know, not like, Oh boy, here we go again. You know, 
Um, and I think people should take note of that and kind of follow that lead too. You know, don't be dreading this. Think of it as an opportunity to make something happen. Think of it as uh, showing what you got. Um, you know, and, and the fun part about that is, is yes, if, you, if you do show them what you got and you get that experience from doing it that way, uh, playoff time, you've already been there. You've already done that. This is like a mini playoff right off the bat. we got three races to go and we got to get to the next round. It's, it starts now, you know, so they really need to just look at it that way. we got three races to figure out a way to get to the next round, put themselves in the playoffs. I have to say, and we've brought this up probably for the last two months, the position that Brian and Jonathan Hassler and this 12 team Penske team is in, man, I don't want to be the one calling the shots because there's, there's like two different races you're looking at. It's like, you need to win. If you can just get the win, you're in, he's way high enough in points where that's not going to be a problem. Even if two more people win after he does, if he wins this race this week, if they don't win, um, man, did we get stage points? Like talk about that. And think about that strategy. It's like, we want to get as many stage points as we possibly can to get the highest finish that we possibly can. But to win races, sometimes the strategy can be the opposite of that, where you have Mm -hmm. to sacrifice stage points to have a shot at the win. And some of this, and I think we maybe even had talked about this last week or the week before, um, they might find out what their strategy is going to be in practice or in qualifying. Because if, you know, they're like the 23 team was this past week, Bubba Wallace, they knew they had speed to win the race and their strategy was pretty much focused on how can we be in the best position at the end of the race to go out and win because the points don't matter to them right now. Um, So if Ryan comes out, sets on the pole, um, is, you know, one of the fastest, you know, consistently fastest uh, cars in the practice and qualifying, um, maybe they're like, they focus on that speed. Uh, you know, we have race winning speed here. We need to focus on this is our best opportunity to win a race. So maybe we do forego the stage points. But, you know, if, if a repeat winner wins and they didn't get any stage points and Turex got a whole bunch of stage points. I mean, the main thing I'm pointing out, I know you're talking about we need to go into this positive uh, with positivity and, and confidence. Like, you know, Ryan is already projecting uh, me on the inside. It's just like I'm thinking about all these scenarios. Like, what you know, if we don't win and we didn't get any stage points, where are we at with Truex? How good did Truex do? I mean, the best case scenario for us is for uh, Truex to, you know, spin and gingerly hit the wall and, and, and break a toe lake, but everybody's safe and they're out <laughs> very early on in this race. And then, and then we can focus on, but you can't, you can't hope for, you know, the demise of others. Uh, Cause you don't, you don't want to win that way. Ryan doesn't necessarily want to win that way. So I don't know, me on the inside, I'm frantic and it's really weird. I, I had been not making fun of, but, you know, talking to people, I keep bringing up the discord chat because mainly it's just a fun place to be during the race. But uh, the folks in there, you know, I played the panic button a little bit earlier in the podcast. They've been hitting the panic button for the last like two and a half months, three months. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm, you know, was kind of laughing at them, but now here I am, you know, uh-oh, I'm like, I'm the one right there first in line hitting the button right now because I'm panicked. Luckily, I think, you know, everybody else, Brian and Jonathan, and Josh and everybody else involved up there, they're a little bit more calm and they're going to be very confident and they're going to pick their strategy the best. But like I said, I'm glad I'm not the one picking the strategy. I, you know, I can be accused of like the rose colored glasses, you know, or you always say my power positivity. Um, but I, from what I see, like just last weekend as an example um, they don't unload that good. They don't qualify that good at all. But, okay, we do this. We're going to try this. We're going to try this. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. 
the race come uh, throughout the race. We're going to make this call or that call. Like you said about strategies, um, you know, Ryan said it on, on, um, on, I think on XM, uh, the other night, uh, sometimes it's on the fly, you know, two weeks ago, we saw certain cars pitted it before the stage break. Other ones didn't, we stayed out, you know, we made that strategy call. We're, you know, doing this. And then everybody ends up on our strategy because it looked like a better call all of a sudden. Well, Jonathan's doing all those things behind the scene. Ryan's holding up his end of putting the car where it needs to be, keep it in position as long as nobody else knocks him out of the way. Um, so they're doing everything they can to get to, to winning a race. And I, that's the part I always look for every weekend is, okay, how we get out of the hole if we're in the hole. And then if we're up near the front, what do we got to do to get on the, into the front? And they're doing those things. And that's the thing, like I said, I don't know if everybody always sees that they, you know, right away you see 24th and qualifying, you think, Oh God, it's going to be a long day, but it should be no. Okay. So let's see what they do next. Let's see what the, you know, what opportunities they take advantage of. Let's see what kind of changes they make. Um, you know, the fact that twice over the weekend, they went underneath one tire and then underneath the other tire and did something, you know, half the time, those guys don't want to touch the car. The adjustment is air pressure. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a wrench in the window in the back window once or twice, you know, but to literally crawl into the car during the middle of the race and, and, and pop something in or out uh, to see if it helps the handling, you know, that's a pretty big move. And they only lost a couple positions on it. And later on it pays off. So, you know, every week is a, is a different adventure of what you can going to see, you know, and uh, if you're cheering for them and you're rooting for them and you want the best for them, then that's what you do, you know? Um, don't get down on it. Don't get gloomy about it. It's not really worth it. You know, these guys are working hard and that's the other thing. Everybody's like, you know, from the beginning of the season on with the whole pit crew thing, or, you know, they need better equipment or whatever it is. Hello. He's second in the point standings without a win. Yeah. How does somebody do that during, you know, we're 20, uh, what is it? 23 races into the season. How does somebody end up 23 races into the season and second in points without a win? Obviously the driver and the car and the crew and the crew chief are doing a very good job to get to that point. So I don't want to hear about it from everybody like, Oh, he needs a new team. Oh, he needs to get away from there. Oh, they're horrible. No, they're not. They're very consistent. Um, you pulled up the thing about the, the pit road stats. Um, the, I, I, I don't know who it was on Twitter. Somebody posted this whole bar graphic of everybody's problems on pit road. Uh, and the different types of problems yeah, that's and right. penalties, penalties. penalties that they're having, you know, uh, Denny Hamlin this weekend, tire rolls out of the pit box, extra man over the wall to go get the tire, you know, least penalized team in NASCAR, Le least penalized team. team in NASCAR, the 12 team. And you know who the penalties are on him? Speeding, right? Speeding on pit road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens to everybody. You yeah. know, that's another thing that happens to everybody. So, you know, I don't want to say go away, quit rooting if you're not really rooting. Cause I mean, that's really what it comes down to. If you're rooting for him and you want him to be successful and he's your guy, then you, you stick with it because you know what? They're doing everything they can, those guys. And they're trying really hard every week. And it's really exciting to have the opportunity every week too. So that's the thing about the next three weeks. You look at Martin Truex, the next three weeks, his best opportunity this next three weeks is this weekend. Yep. Toyota's on road courses not good. Martin has never wanted a super speedway. Okay. Ryan has one on, you know, 
a road course. He can, he can run a road course. He definitely knows how to win on a super speedway. And and the last time out, he had the pole at this track. And led 120 so got, laps. Yeah. yeah. So who's got the advantage coming into the weekend? Who's got the advantage in the next three weeks? You know, if they keep performing like they're performing, they're going to get the wins. They're going to come. And they're also going to get all the points they can get and stay ahead of Martin. And I just can't wait for the weekend to come so we can watch it all unfold. There it is. There's that power of positivity. We haven't had that since uh, I think the beginning of the season last year. So I got to get off my soapbox. There we go. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to join us in watching this opportunity that the 12 team has this weekend, tune in for the Federated Auto Parts 400 this Sunday, August 14th, Richmond Raceway in Virginia. 3 p.m. Eastern time on the USA TV network and on the radio with MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. I was dreading this part of the show, Steve, as I do nearly every week because I made uh, a fantasy blunder. Um, and not even just, I, I totally remembered to set the lineup for my team. That was not the issue. I made a horrible, horrible decision not keeping up with things during the race. So, uh, we talked about the Toyotas in practice of qualifying incredibly fast. And um, I, don't know, I think you may have done something kind of similar, but I went all Toyota in my starting lineup. I started Bubba Wallace, Christopher Bell, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Martin Truex Jr. And I had Joey Logano in the garage, um, which I could have had Logano in there. I could have had Ryan, but I, I put Logano in because, you know, he was fast. Ryan was slow in practice. And man, I um I know we'll go over the standings here in a little bit, but I think I was 27th in the overall standings for points earned at Michigan. I left Kyle Busch in my lineup and left Joey Logano in the garage. If I would have just made that one swap, I would have been looking at top 10 this week, which is a rarity for me. But because it is me, and I, would, I can only have an excuse like you. When I'm at the racetrack and cell service is, is horrible at 90% of the racetracks, you kind of have an excuse. I had no excuse. I'm sitting here watching Kyle Busch crash and watching Kyle Busch go to the care center and not even thinking about taking him out of my lineup when I had a guy like Joey Logano who ends up with a, you know, a top five finish in this race. And I really could have used his 36 points, which would have really, really vaulted me up into the standing. So I'm a dummy. Oh, well, uh, my featured matchups, I had Hamlin over Reddick. That was correct. I had Blaney over Byron. That was correct. I had Locano over Harvick, and that wasn't, even though it was tight. Harvick won the race, and Logano finished fourth. And then I had Wallace over Suarez. That was correct. So I even had three of the four featured matchups, too. Man, I'm kicking myself because I could have had one of my better weeks in fantasy. Uh, so let's talk about your team. You said you might go heavy Toyota. Did you, in fact, go heavy Toyota for your fantasy lineup this past week for Michigan? Yeah, Wallace, Truex, Hamlin, Bell, and then made Logano my my fifth pick. Uh, Reddick in the garage. So overall, point wise, uh, you know, Hamlin was the top point getter of the day with his stage points, and and uh, I had the fourth, sixth, seventh, and eleventh best guys there. Um, part I had messed up was. I only had one of my matchups, right. Which was Ryan over Byron. So, I mean, I did okay for points, but it could have been a lot better with the matchups. If I got a couple more of those matchups, I think, well, how much are the matchups worth? They're like 10 a piece. They're 10 a piece. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I get one or two more of those and I would have been right in there. Yeah. If you even got two more, you would have at least uh, tied for fifth. Yeah. That would put me to 20. Yep. 
if I would have put Logano into my lineup, I think I would have been like around the eighth or seventh position in the standings for this, yep. this past week. So Oops. a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas uh, for the both of us here. So let's go over that. The top 10 in points earned this past week at Michigan International Speedway for the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Starting in the 10th position, we have Factory of Sadness with 212 points. Tied for eighth, we have JD Racing and Matt O, 217. In seventh, one to go, 218. I think that's a new name for us. In mm-hmm. fifth, one of the models of consistency this year, Math Mom 4, 220 points. Also tied for fifth was no hesitation. In fourth, uh, this one's coming on strong over the last several weeks, Bulldog, 0277, 221 points. Uh, just one point ahead there, Montana 12 fan in third with 222 oh. points. That's a new one. Yeah, that's Montana. another one. Uh. In second, Vincent 12, 227 points. And uh, for the second week in a row with a shout out here on the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League, Joe Bro, 1221. Uh, He is a member of our Discord chat um, and uh, one of our active uh, fans on Twitter as well. 237 points for Joe Bro. Uh, Congratulations. Back-to-back weeks with a shout out on on the Fantasy Recap here on the Team Blaney Podcast. So that was the uh, points earned for Michigan. Let's take a look at the overall league standings for the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league holding down. Uh, this is actually, we're going to start with ninth here because there's a tie for ninth. Eric D 15 and two bushes, no Johnson's ninth position, 4,204 points in eighth JD racing, 4,206 points or 16 points in seventh bulldog zero two seven seven. 4,244 points in six, the Dalai Lama four stalwart from last year too. 4,256 points in fifth loose hunter, 1960, 4,273 points in fourth factory of sadness. And I've mentioned this a couple of times before, but that very first week in the fantasy league, myself and factory of sadness had like probably one of the worst fantasy weeks of all time. And, uh, one of us has vaulted to the top of the standing since then. And one of us has not. And, uh, it's factory of sadness in the fourth position. So that tells you who that was 4,294 points. Third, the defending champion of the series or of our, of our league Clyde's chicken pit racing, 4,340 points. And I really wish I knew who Clyde was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's yeah. anybody we interact with on Twitter or we interact know. with in the I Discord chat. If you are Clyde, please send me a message. I need to know who you are because I, one, I love it. Yeah. If you win the trophy this year, uh, you deserve a, a trophy from last year too. We still need to get to you. So uh, if you are Clyde uh, or you are the, the person behind Clyde's uh, chicken bit racing, let us know who you are out there. And, and I, I love, and I love the name too. The name is great. And the name I honestly great. need your, you know, um, your advice because I don't play da- daily fantasy, uh, but I feel like with your consistency, uh, you got to be winning some big bucks out there. Hopefully you, you are using your abilities outside of this, uh, fantasy league because it's insane how how uh, the consistency of Clyde's chicken pit racing and then in the second position another one that's been great this year so far fry gal 12 4383 points and rounding out in the first position in the team blade nascar fantasy live league math mom four and again uh math mom math math is in the name there's got to be some kind of statistics or algorithm going on here because Math Mom 4 has been kicking our tails all year long. 4,388 points, the current leader overall in the Team Blaney podcast, NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Who are you looking at for Richmond? I'll probably bring Ryan back up into my lineup. 
Um, I might want to bring Truex in and keep him in my lineup just to jinx him or something. I don't know. Maybe that'll work. Uh, let's see. Um, Harvick's kind of the hot hand right now. Will they be able? Will their, will their speed be able to transfer to a shorter track? Who knows? Is Kyle Busch going to be out looking for revenge? Uh, how can you not consider either of the track house drivers? Because even with this past week at Michigan, though. Uh, they had some issues on pit road toward the, the end of this race and Chastain kind of caught, was part of that caution too. Again, fast, even though they didn't, they didn't qualify fast, they were fast in the race. So I would not be surprised if they're fast at Richmond. What, um, how many starts do you have left for Ryan? Uh, I think I have enough that can, I have enough that will get me through the end of the season. Honestly, I could have started them last week, but I went all Toyota. So, so if you still have Ryan starts left, use them up. Yeah. Rest <laughs> of the way for you person personally, but, um, uh, yeah, this, with this downshifting thing, you know, it's, it's really weird. Um, couple of Toyotas here's the interesting part now too, is do teams help teammates? Mm-hmm. Um, something to be said for the 20, the, uh, 18 and the 11 helping the 19, you know, trying to give him position if they can, you still want to race for your own win for your own self. But on the other hand, if you're in a certain position and you can help him and maybe that'll play out much more at Daytona, but um, week to week now, it's something to look at. Um, somebody brought it up on, uh, on one of the other podcasts about Denny. Denny's in a really weird position because he's an owner. Yeah. He could be trying to help the 23 car or should he be trying to help the 19 car? Cause that's his teammate. You know, he's in a very strange position for that, but those are the type of things you, you watch as you're watching the race to watch too. see, you know, Joey and, uh, and, and Austin and some of the things they might do to try and help Ryan out the next week or two. Um, and definitely going into Daytona. You know? And it might not be something obvious or something you'll catch on TV because of the place where, like Richmond, it might just be how hard you race a teammate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it could be really early on in the race and, you know, say Ryan comes up behind Joey and, you know, Joey, maybe he, he moves out of the way and lets Ryan go by or doesn't put up as big of a fight as maybe he would have in, at another point. Uh, back in the day, you used to see teammates swap position for the lead to get that bonus point for leading lap that they used to get. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, I haven't really seen it. I think I saw maybe in the truck series this year, I think between the KBM, KBM drivers with Kyle and stuff where maybe Kyle held back and, and let a, his one of his trucks go around to win a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we haven't really seen anything like this in the cup series. So it's, it's going to be like small details that maybe you don't always see. Maybe they give, you know, if they're pitted near each other, they give them a little bit more space on pit road. Or like I said, has to do with passing. Um, you really will see it at, at Daytona for sure, depending on yeah. what the, the standings are like at that point. Uh, but there's ways that teammates can help each other out. Uh, the one funny thing that I see, you know, you know, with, with our fa- with uh, Brian's fans that we interact, we interact with on Twitter and other social media spots. They're just like, you know, all right, Penske just needs to put all their resources into the 12 car at this point, which I think that can be true to some extent. I think you've heard teams talking about, you know, maybe they pull an engineer or somebody from another team to just put more firepower behind another team. Um, but I, I believe, you know, the 12 team as it is, is already getting, you know, an elite level of resources anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe they, they focus some more. I don't know what more they could do. They already took Ryan Flores, who was arguably one of the best tire changers in NASCAR and moved him off the two team and put him on the 12 team. So, I mean, you can't really make bigger moves than that when it comes to, to pit crew wise. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know that throwing a whole bunch of money at them, you know, is going to help them win a race right now. I mean, I don't know what the answer would be. It's, it's like too deep into the season. So um, I think they were already in a good position. I mean, like, as you've mentioned earlier, and we've mentioned, you know, for the last several weeks, second in points already with how to win. Um, this isn't a bad team. Uh, they can win. They just have it fun. So yeah, not much yeah. more that they can do. So, but we'll have to see, we'll have to see what happens at Richmond and, if, yeah, here's if uh, Joey and Austin can, you know, lend a hand here and there or let, you know, give race. But, you know, no matter what, though, those guys are race car drivers, too. They want to win the race there. You know, Discount Tire and Shell Pennzoil are paying both of those guys to go out and win, too. So, yeah, it's, it's a it's, tough position to be in. It's interesting, though, because this is one of the tracks now we're going to for a second time. So we actually have a notebook to work off of yep. on this car on that track. And they were fast. So different time of year, but they were fast. So, yeah. So, you know, maybe the weather adjusts things a little bit because it'd be warmer or whatnot, but, um, you know, practice and qualifying, <laughs> you know, Saturday night or Saturday late afternoon. And uh, let's see what happens, you know. That's it. Well, Steve, I think that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just go ahead and listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at team.blaney. Uh, finally, I want to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on any of their very active social media channels. Yeah, stay tuned. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I think we'll be hearing from them. Uh, there's some things going on where they're organizing some teams and so forth for, for the Alzheimer's walks coming up uh, in the fall. Uh, so. Uh, keep an eye on uh, on all their, their social media and uh, keep an eye on us too. Hopefully we'll be talking to them here at some point and, uh, and letting them uh, let you know about all the information so that you can help, uh, help uh, with the cause. Absolutely. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Winnie Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. <laughs> <laughs>